I actually have no idea if you started recording before you sent it. I don't know if you're recording now. Are we recording? What are we doing? What is this show? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, your mouth is full of croissant. Anyway, hi, Internet. What's up? It's Airport Jr., a podcast you should be listening to, subscribe to, and downloading every week. I really hope we're recording this right now because this is as professional a take as I'm going to give. <laughs> I'm one of your host companions, Zach Sarawick. And I'm your other host companion, Dale Decker. I kind of said go, but I had I, ki- I had I croissant in that? my mouth. Yeah, I thought you did, but that was very much like a, that was like those that that scene in Wayne's World where they start counting down and then realize they're not supposed to say one and two when they do it. <laughs> yes. But then he accidentally says two anyway. Such a good movie. I gotta watch. Re- I gotta rewatch Wayne's World oh, and Wayne's World Two. I don't care what anybody says. Wayne's World Two is fucking magnificent. I haven't seen either beginning. Oh to end. my god! No, I've seen scenes. Nope, no, I've seen I've seen a lot of those movies. I just haven't sat down and watched it. So I feel like I've seen the whole movie. I mean, but I haven't seen the whole movie. Like like many um, SNL inspired films, they're very like sketch, like yeah. scene to scene oh, yeah. based, and so like. You can kind of just mix and match most of those scenes. Like, there are through lines to both of them, but they're really just like, how do we get from this scene that's like a 10-minute sketch to the next scene that's a 10-minute sketch? Exactly. And they're all very funny. I don't. Th- I can't remember a part in either of those movies that I don't like, and that's because I haven't watched them in two years, and I refuse to go back and prove myself wrong. <laughs> so <laughs> That's good. Um, <laughs> I'm just happy you haven't called me out yet. Oh, I already forgot what I was going to call you out on, so it's okay. I mean, I could remind you. I don't remember. It's gone. I've um, flavored my Are dry whiskey. Are you ready for some cup podcast? There it was. Yep, it was. you were going to. You totally I footballed. I Comcast. <laughs> we're not sponsored. No, you don't get to say not. that. You put, you, put, you put orange juice in your rye whiskey. I did. Yeah. Actually, I think it was. it's orange, peach, and mango. Whoa. Ooh, fancy. That sounds delicious, actually. Um, It is when it's very clearly the juice coming out of it. But the problem is that at this point, I've hit about 50-50 or more of the rye whiskey part. Yeah. And so you can definitely taste it through the juice. Yep. It's not as tasty anymore. I'm going to keep drinking it, though. Um, I have a question. What, you. Are you, what is your glass choice? Oh. oh, right now it's definitely our mug. Oh, thank God! Oh, thank God! Because me too. <laughs> it's not always. It's not always the mug because I don't always do the dishes. But <laughs> thank God, it happened to be the mug. Because I was today. like, I was like, I'm gonna drink bourbon this episode, but I need to drink it out of the mug. <laughs> I can't. It's it been... can't be anything else. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long week since last episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been 10,000 years since last week when we recorded our last episode. So I was like, I need this to be as comfortable a recording as yep. possible. Yep. And that means the mug. And that means booze. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's start here. I think this will be a relatively quick place to start. You saw Hobbs and Shaw this weekend. I did. Uh, I, I listened to... Uh, to say report <clears throat> i i heard devin's take on it it sounded a lot like some of the reviews and stuff i had been hearing mm-hmm. but you i it now is when i sadly admit that despite the fact that i think they're wonderful for existing i have never sat down and watched a fast and furious movie <laughs> the closest i came the closest i came was about two years ago 
I had was still living in New Mexico. I had come back to Rhode Island to visit for like the holidays or something. Mm-hmm. I was at my then girlfriend's house, and her friend, who I had just met, was um, this is actually if anybody's heard Devin's infamous. Um, we were at David Buster's, and he just broke out in the uh, few good men speech for a good fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, conversation story. Yes. Sorry. Um, Love you, Devin. Sorry. It's all the same. It's all that same trip. Um, but so a friend of hers was doing my nails and mm. we were listening to music and like fast, the fast and the furious, the first fast and the furious was on in the background, like on mute underneath the music. Aww. And Aww. still that was a great way to watch that movie. Cause still I watched it. I knew everything that was going on. And halfway through, I went, this is just point break. <laughs> and that's when I, it's like, I was like, I saw Paul Walker talking to a bunch of people in suits, and I was like, well, he's clearly a fed. Oh, my God. And then I was like, well, clearly he's infiltrated this group of criminals with their street racing, and it just like, this is point break. That's what this story is. So family, Zach. Family. Uh-huh. And Keanu. Family. Keanu and Patrick Swayze were family, which is why Keanu couldn't shoot Patrick Swayze and instead just screams at the sky while he unloads his gun. <laughs> One of the best scenes of acting Keanu Reeves has ever given. So. <laughs> Vaya con Dios, bro. Oh, <laughs> man. Oh, so, man. so love yeah. Love so I have never break. sat down. I have never point? sat down and watched. I've watched Point Break, if that helps. So I've seen a Fast and the Furious movie. But. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I've not sat down and watched any of them, like, all the way through. But I love that they exist. I've never, like, looked at that franchise and gone, why? Instead, I'm like, oh, thank God, another one. Because every time another one comes out, I picture a weird weekend where I just get really drunk and I just don't do anything but watch Fast and the Furious movies. Mm-hmm. You never long. do. <laughs> but I know, because at some point they have to stop. This isn't like the weekend I got really drunk and watched all of the Friday the 13th movies. I need an end point. <laughs> I can't do that, and then another one comes out. They need to end. <laughs> so, like, five years after the last one comes out, oh, that's God. when I will sit down and watch them all. Oh, God. I was just going to say, well, we need to watch the first one. Because it is, like, I remember watching that movie as a kid. I don't even know how old I was. I remember watching that movie and just be like, yup, all about everything <laughs> that's going on on the screen right now. By all the about way, Paul Walker. All about Paul Walker's car. I want that car. This is my life. Even on mute, I looked at the one guy and went, that's the one that dies halfway through this movie in a very dramatic fashion. I called it. I called it the second I, mean, I yeah, saw him on screen. The, those... Because he's a character actor that always <laughs> does that. He's the character that's there to die for dramatic effect. <laughs> those those movies are very easy. Like, they are. <laughs> designed to just turn your brain off too which did not happen during Hobbs and Shaw uh, <laughs> I thought yeah, tell me... too much okay tell me about Hobbs and Shaw because I'm sad I'm sad about hearing about I it I mean I'm sad too like don't get me wrong and and this is you know I I have loved the Fast and Furious movies like for like ever since they started uh I will admit that I haven't seen them all. It's probably the one franchise that I have skipped epi- uh, episodes. Basically, are like episodes. I mean, episodes. Um, this episode of Fast and Furious, yeah. The Rock guest stars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I. And we made him a series regular. It, it definitely <laughs> is like the only series that I can think of where. Eh, 
That's that's wrong because I've definitely only ever seen Jaws and Jaws the Revenge. So, and I think Jaws just like the Fast and the Furious, Jaws <laughs> and Jaws the Revenge. Because I think Jaws the Revenge is like the fourth movie. It's definitely the fourth. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So these are the two franchises that I have skipped movies between and whatnot. Not like. Because I'm just like, no, nah, I'm not about it. It's just, that's how it happened. Um, so I don't think I've seen Tokyo Drift. And I don't but think I've seen, what? The only thing I know about Tokyo, I know two things about Tokyo Drift. I actually know three things. I know three things about Tokyo Drift. One, the dramatic death in Tokyo Drift is still, in the entire franchise, the one that people talk about the yes, most. yeah. Two, yep. Bow Wow. Yeah. Three... <laughs> Three is that it is a sci-fi movie. It is a movie that takes place in the future because Tokyo Drift comes out in like 2003 and takes place in 2015. Mm-hmm. So oh, that yeah, is all true. I know about that movie. <laughs> yeah, I um, <clears throat> I've just never seen it. I don't know much that happens in it. I know little things. I just <laughs> it just never. I just never went out and saw it. Don't know why. Just didn't. I mean, one um, of the coolest. Uh, the, it's still one of the coolest things I've ever seen in a trailer when they're all drifting up the yeah. spiral oh, in the parking yes! garage. That's that still the, the coolest, coolest thing I've ever thing. seen in any trailer. Yes. Oh, I agree. <laughs> I agree. And like that's so the I know image four of things that about movie. that movie. <laughs> that's the image of that movie in my head. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's they're just so fun, and you really can turn your brain off. And like, it it it's also a series where like. I remember loving them, but I will forget about them because of how much I turn my brain off. But I'm not disappointed that I forget about them because then when I watch them, I get to experience it as a kid. You know? Yeah, you know how how much I would love, how many (laughs) franchises I would love to go back and experience them for the first time. And to think about, I could go back and watch Fast and Furious in any iteration and be like, this is the first time I've ever seen this stunt. They put a chain on this helicopter and dragged it with like a fucking Porsche. (laughs) What's going on? (laughs) Exactly. So it's just, it really is like one of my, I don't, I don't talk about it much, but it really is one of my favorite series, franchises, whatever they are. Fast and Furious, woohoo forever yeah so so Hobbs and Shaw I was super excited for and and it just started and I was like this starts really cool because it's like um it 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 starts so good Zach (laughs) it starts off so good it's there's freaking a badass action sequence and Ifris Elba is there and it's just incredible. It's so good. And it's like, I've seen this before. <laughs> Where have I seen this before? Oh, Mission Impossible 2. Ah. Uh. And it's... it's... <laughs> Wait, is Idris Elba climbing a mesa with no No, 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 no. <laughs> but it's, it's... Hobbs and Shaw is about a, a, um digital virus or a um not not digital virus a chemical oh my god why can't i think of the word mechanical virus something something like that where you can program it a programmable virus i guess we'll we'll call it right which i think is what it's called i don't remember virus that gets in and lets you program whatever it's infected is that it's so basically it will you program it to attack a certain dna strand 
Okay. Um, which like, like that's sure, Fast and the Furious franchise. We've is... reached that point. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm like, that's fine. I am totally on board with this. It is like this is going to be cool and interesting. And um, I can't think of her name. If you want to look her up, that'd be really cool. Just the one that's in the movie, like the big, the the, the female lead in the movie. Yeah. Jessica Kirby, Jessica only because Kirby, I re- okay. only because she's got the best last name because it's yes. both Hayden Pettiter and Kirby. Exactly. So. <laughs> um. Okay. So she, and she Might she be was Janessa in Kirby. It's something Kirby. She was in um Mission Impossible Fallout, I think. Um. Oh, is she the 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 other, the one that comes back from like for like five and six, right? The uh, last no. two movies. No, 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 no. I don't think so. I think she's just a bad guy in fallout if i'm remembering correctly she was definitely in an action movie and i want to say it's mission impossible she's badass like she's incredible in it even though i'm pretty sure she's evil (laughs) um i mean that's fine you can be awesome and evil exactly of course you can i mean Griselda. um but (laughs) no it's just so i was excited because i was excited to see her again be a badass on screen and so it starts off where they're they're trying to protect Vanessa Kirby. Sorry, Vanessa? I knew there was a yeah Vanessa Kirby. Was she anyway, in Mission Impossible Fallout. She's in one of the Mission Impossibles. Okay, uh, it is Fallout. Okay, yes, the good, White good. Widow. All she right. is the White Widow in Fallout. Yes, perfect. Um, so, th- like, starts off they're they're both fighting over this virus because she's with MI6 and you know Ibazelba is with this company or whatever and um. Etienne, Etienne is what they're called, and their Etienne's whole thing is they want to basically upgrade the human body. Um, so if you've seen Upgrade, you'll definitely feel <laughs> like you're watching that. Um, oh did you man, see, did you? No, see I haven't, but I have. Oh, like, I think Zach. I, I, yes, no, oh, I know, Zach. I know. I was and gotta... I was in New Mexico at the time. It wasn't easy for me to see it. No, no, okay? that's fine. I, I know. Hey, I'm not judging you. I'm just saying we need to watch yes, it. Yes, I'm not. I didn't not watch it because it didn't look interesting. <laughs> yeah, let no, me put it that way. That's fine. Good, good, <laughs> because that would probably hurt my heart. <laughs> no, that. So, I mean, upgrade. You kind of get it. It's a, you know an upgrade happens. It's the dangers of they... upgrading the human yeah, body. Exactly. So. <laughs> The whole time I'm watching this movie, I'm like, oh, okay, it's got elements of upgrade. I'm down again with this. Like, I'm I'm excited to see where this goes and how freaking Hobbs and Shaw, Jason Statham, and The Rock are going to handle a virus. A two of program- the most... programmable virus. Two of, by the like... way, the funniest, like, most charismatic dudes. Jason Statham does not look like he should be charismatic. He should no, not. The guy he, looks like he's fucking... The guy looks like you, someone shoved his face into a rock. Not <laughs> uh, not to be insulting and also not the rock, though it does kind of look like someone shoved his face into the rock's chest. <laughs> Jason Statham is a perfectly fine-looking dude. Not classically handsome by movie standards, but he has always gotten by by being a guy that can look really angry but just say off-the-wall shit and make it fucking hilarious. I mean, I've always thought he was a crank is, and like crank movie, is still like crank is still one of the best movies i've ever seen and i only saw it once in the two dollar theater beautiful. and it's still That's one of incredible. the best movies i have ever watched because like <clears throat> it's fucking bonkers oh i'm sorry the mechanic have you ever seen the mechanic uh no but i have oh. seen not 
not payback with Mel Gibson, but this one that he did that was the same character based on the books where he like dressed as a priest in one scene and a cowboy in another. And I think JLo is in the movie with him. Oh, Fuck what movie is I forget is what movie this? it is. But it's 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 great because it's yeah. just Jason Statham doing like weird accents yeah. half the movie. He I love him and like he's one of I mean I love the movie Spy, but he is one of the best parts of Spy. Like he he's just I think he's so right. charismatic and he's so he's action movie hot. Like action right. like, movie Spy is, like Spy is perfect. Spy is perfect because you get Jason Statham because you want someone who looks like an angry badass yeah. but can sell comedy at the same exactly. time. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And The Rock is just the fucking rock. The Rock can yeah. do whatever the fuck he wants at this point apparently yeah. because he can make it work. Oh, of course. And it's just, so yeah, so it starts off re- like I'm excited. I'm ready for this movie to happen. And then um basically I don't know how far Devin how like yeah. <clears throat> he, he left like a lot of it to you. Yeah, so okay, however good. much That's what you I thought. Go into um so <laughs> Yeah, so it's so it starts and it basically is MI6 and Etienne or Etienne are fighting over the virus, and so her her name I think is Hallie or Helly ha- ha- or Holly. I'm gonna get to that. The problem is, the problem is that Jason Statham is saying it half the movie, which means his accent is distorting <clears throat> the. Well, it's not name. just that, Zach. It's not just that. <laughs> It's also, like, so, yeah, whatever. So Vanessa Kirby infects herself with the virus to save it, right? Then everybody thinks she has gone rogue because Ember Zelba is basically, like, you, you're you got a rogue, whatever. <laughs> he, like, impersonates an MI6 person and says that she goes rogue. Um, so now it's a hunt to find her because she has the virus and all of that, but she, really she was just trying to save it. Enter this really cool cut between uh, The Rock waking up and Jason Statham, right? And, like, their entire day routine. And then them finding out that they're going to have to work with each other. (laughs) So, like, that's the next part of the movie. And it's great. Like, it is the it's great, like, juxtaposition there. You know, it's a it's a split screen. It's cool. And it's very campy. And I'm like, okay, cool. This is the amount of camp I want in this. But then the movie continues to just be... <laughs> and, then, and then the movie happens. And then the movie happens. And they meet each other. And that's where it kind of starts going downhill for me. Because I get that you guys hate each other. I do. The scenes go on too long. And it's the it's the Deadpool 2 director, right? So yes, so yes, Devin mentioned this yeah, in the second he said that. that. I immediately started thinking about your problems with Deadpool too, and I went, "Oh, that makes sense, actually. Mm-hmm. That so, makes sense because your biggest complaint about Deadpool too was that they would come up with a joke and then they wouldn't let the joke go. Yeah, until it was so far dead. So this was like an entire movie of that, where just <sighs> it continued to be like we hate each other, but we need to work together. We need we hate each other, but we need to work together. Which, yeah, that's the plot of the of the movie, guys. And then every time I they walked in the room, Jason Statham would look at the Rock and be like, "You see this motherfucker? I hate this guy, but I gotta work with him." Yeah, like I, guys, I get that that's the story that you're trying to show, and that you're trying like it's a it, 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 like I get it. 
and you got some really cool jokes out of it. But there are like three scenes, three or four scenes, long scenes of just The Rock and Jason Statham throwing insults at each other. And I'm like, all right, guys, you got more important shit going on. You got a virus that is about to infect the entire world because it's not programmed to a certain DNA strand. Like, do you not get what the fuck is going on? Put your differences away, guys. Like, honestly. And it took too long for them to get to that point. Um, And there's not even, like, it, it just... There's, like, when that kind of story happens, there are moments within it that you see, like, oh, okay, these guys are starting to work with each other. That's cool. Like, it just never felt like that. There are definitely, they definitely tried to do those moments, much like they tried to do heartfelt moments in Stuber, but, like, then they just get steamrolled over and they just continue with the hatred. And I'm like, okay, fine, cool. Let's watch, let's, what? Uh, nope, I was just going to say, it kind of sounds like there's kind of a length creep happening in all movies at the moment, which is that a bunch of really good movies have been like two and a half hours long, mm. and so they are trying to stretch every movie past that point. Because mm-hmm. despite the fact that like shorter movie means more time that you can run it in theaters, which means theoretically more money that you can make because you can show it more times. Yeah thus giving more people more opportunity to come see it. But there's also like a chase for whatever critical acclaim because they don't want to admit that they're just making movies for money, which is fine. Make movies for money. You can do that. A lot of movies were just made for money and they're still pretty good. Alfred Hitchcock didn't do a single take unless he thought he could get the most money out of it. (laughs) That's why Alfred Hitchcock movies are good because he was like, I'm not doing this unless it's worth it. Yeah. It's not even that he cared. He literally looked at a scene and went, is well, this thing, is yeah. it worth this being in the movie? Well, he if cared not... about getting money. That's what right. I mean by That's what, that. Okay. Like, yes, yes, he cared yes. about, yeah. If, if this thing is going to drag down the movie and someone's going to say, don't see this movie because this scene lasts too long, we're not going to put it in the movie because yeah. then no one will go see it. Yeah. So, like, it's okay for your movie to be 80 minutes. And it sounds like this movie should have been 80 minutes, not two hours and something. Yeah. <laughs> but however no. long it was. It, it, and it's... Because... Because you pad it with shit like that yeah. instead of just like you get rid of that in like act one mm-hmm. is they hate working together. Yeah. Act two is you put the is like act one is you introduce the characters. Act two is we hate each other, but we're forced to work this thing. And then at the end of that, we realize we actually work well together. And then act three is we walk into the scene and fucking kick ass together. That's like a simple action. Yeah. That's tango and cash, everybody. You make it work. Which that. <laughs> That does happen, but act two of them hating each other, I think, goes on a little too long for me. Right. Like, act, like, two it, is, like act one is 45 minutes, act yeah. two is an hour and a half, mm-hmm. and then act three is 13 minutes. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's ridiculous. And um, it's just... I don't know. I was just ready to, like, watch... The action sequences are great. Like, any time there is a fight, there are, like, some really fantastic scenes there is a scene to not give too much away but they basically infiltrate an area where bad people are and they like it it, it's so and they escape with the um virus or whatever and it is just so beautifully shot 
It is beautifully, like, acted. Like, everything about it is so good. And, like, it gives you that tense feeling of, oh, shit. Yeah, they're, 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 this is real. This is good. This, like, this is important what they're about to do. And shit's going to hit the fan. Like, I am nervous for them, you know? It's, I mean, it's Fallout, or, or it's, it's Mission Impossible. Yeah. The best thing yeah. about Ethan Hunt is that Ethan Hunt gets his ass kicked scene to scene, but he gets a little bit closer to what he needs to do. Exactly. And so there's always a little bit of tension as exactly. he's going through. And like, there's not too much tension going through, but when there is, it's on point. So it's just, it's, it's like, to steal this from Devin, it, it doesn't really know what it wants to be because it's, on one hand, it's a super action movie. On another hand, it's a sci-fi movie. On another hand, it's like a buddy cop movie. And that part does not work, <laughs> really. Um, and then on another hand, it's like a Fast and Furious movie. And the first thing I said at the end of that movie was, you know, I liked it when it became Fast and Furious. And it became Fast and Furious within those last 13 minutes. Of the of of you know of the whole of movie, the whole yeah. movie. Like, it never felt like Fast and Furious until the very end, and I'm like, cool. So I had to sit through like five other movies I've already seen before, which wouldn't bother me if, <laughs> if I wasn't good bored. versions of those if, movies. Yeah. yeah, and if <laughs> and if you like captured me with it, I was bored and like almost falling asleep during it as someone who has and, watched 13 friday the 13th movies i can tell you yeah. i'll sit through the same shit over and over if it's entertaining enough exactly but the, <laughs> i never imagined that i would i could say the sentence i was bored during a fast and furious spin-off movie because like fast and furious isn't boring it's revved up in high energy and like it jacks you up like you leave the theater like ready to race some freaking cars man like that's this is what it is that's what it is you get out (laughs) you look at your uh japanese toyota automatic car and you go i live my life one quarter mile at a time and then you five miles an hour out of the parking you don't hurt anybody and then you go home Every time, Thank every you. Fast and the Furious movie. Um, but no, so it just it just was really that. <laughs> you creep up and... from sixty five to seventy once in a while and go, yeah, I'm racing <laughs> now. <laughs> Jesus. Um, the other like real issue I had was, and it was again, it was distracting. Was Vanessa Kirby, um, usage, I guess, um, because she was very much just a prop. And she was very much only Shaw's sister. Be so. So that The Rock could hit on her and Jason Statham could be mad about it? Yeah. Basically. And, and so they could take the equation of both of them hitting on her out. Uh, out. You know? Because, like, that would have been too much. <laughs> no, we don't live in a world <laughs> where two men fight over a woman as a yeah. trophy anymore. We instead live in a world where one man treats a woman as a trophy yes. and the other man is indignant about it. <laughs> but the thing, the real part that, like, hit me weird, and I don't I don't know why. Maybe it was because I was already thinking too much about the movie, so I was just, like, looking for things. But there is a, first of all, 
like I said, I was super excited to see her because I was ready for some badass sequences with her. But she only gets a few moments of badassness. And like I said, those are some of the most fantastic parts of the movie because it's showing like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I can do this. You <laughs> so know? About like, all of this bickering you two are doing, yeah. you could just let Vanessa Kirby like save herself because she's clearly capable <clears throat> yeah. of just but walking out of this need- situation on her own. She also understands that she needs fucking help. Like she's not so high and mighty that she's not like that she's hey no i'm done there is one moment where she's like you two can't work with each other i'm out and then the rock presents her a piece of evidence and she's like okay no i do need this so i am going to stick with you well and it's my brother like (laughs) like so it is there is that moment where she's about she like calls him on their shit but then realizes that they have shit, they have information that she needs and it would take her longer to get if she wasn't working with them, you know? But so, is there a scene after all the Fast and Furious movies had no women whatsoever where like Valkyrie and Pepper Potts and the Wasp and Denia Guerrera and no. Sherry all show up and, no. and Captain Marvel lands and they're like, look no. at how great we are with women even though we've never shown a woman before on screen? No. <laughs> the sad also, thing is, the sad thing say, is, the Fast and the Furious movies have been better with women than the MCU. <laughs> Thank you, Zach. Thank you for like not even seeing the movies and understanding that. Because I, I was understand. literally just going to say that the the women of Fast and Furious are incredible, and like that they're just as bad. Like, no, even I totally, I totally understand. We're just gonna keep talking over each. other. Yeah, the one thing that I know about the like without ever seeing them, the one thing that I really know about the Fast and the Furious movies is that they have like a they they have a diverse cast and they have all of these different characters and that the reason that they one of the biggest reasons cuz horror franchises live on this as well even though horror franchises especially the big ones historically are not super diverse their audience is super diverse yeah exactly and so like they are like the fact is like the 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 fast and the furious franchise understood that the people watching this movie were not just white dudes that thought that their honda accord would be good at the street race (laughs) so like (laughs) um uh, but yeah, so the 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 biggest part of the movie that like struck out to me with Vanessa Kirby was there is a scene where she she gets captured, right? She gets captured, she's brought back to FBI, I think is where she's brought back to, and uh the rock is um interrogating her, right? And there's some flirtation stuff going on there, which is fine. Like it wasn't it was kind of weird, but not not so weird that it was distracting. But because uh, also you knew it was coming, like it's you, not... you, you knew it was gonna happen. <laughs> to bring it back to the MCU, it's not Steve Rogers mm-hmm. and the woman that turns out to be yeah. Agent Carter's like granddaughter. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Like it 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 does, and there are those moments where um, there are like a couple moments where the Rock is respectful. Uh, but, you know, then it gets steamrolled over again by them being stupid idiots to each other. So, anyways, then she, like, escapes. She, well, Idris Elba shows up, and basically they kidnap her, because, again, she has the virus, and that's what they need. So, 
then The Rock and Jason Statham go after her and get into a whole big fight and basically get her away. And she is um, running away and J- and Jason Statham has gotten a car, right? Finally, he's gotten a car. No, they've, they've, Someone, had, they've had cars you know, the whole time. Imagine <laughs> if they spent the whole of a Fast and the Furious spinoff where Jason Statham and The Rock would walk up to a car and just as they're about to get in, they get interrupted. Just like just completely messing with the with audience that. until the last scene of the movie where they both get in cars and use them to just like wreck shop. Honestly, like honestly, if, if that was how this movie was, if I'd be so happy. Obvious, if it had been that campy where yeah. every time one of them, like just Ugh. a dramatic scene of them reaching for a car door and then the other one walks Explosion. on screen and is like what the hell are you doing we got to get on this bus for some reason yeah. and they go <laughs> yeah oh it would have been great but yeah so jason statham has a car and now vanessa kirby and the rock are together i don't remember how they got together but whatever yeah, um plot, plot device no she no no i'm sorry she's completely separate from both of them and is starting to like go on her way and jason statham pulls up and is like, get in the car. And then The Rock shows up. It's in the trailer. We're going to the mall. Get in the car. <laughs> get in the car, bitches. We're going to the mall. Anyways. Uh, um, so so he's like, again, it's, it's in the trailer. Nothing would have been better than if this movie, they all of a sudden said on Thursdays we were in pink. pink. I mean. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but that scene is in the trailer. I'm sure you've seen it. Where I'm sure he's I like, have. he has the gun out and he says, and he says, get in the car. And the Rock walks up and he goes, I'm going too. And then Jason Statham says, not you, just the girl. And that is this before line, it's been revealed that it's his no, sister. Damn it! No movie. Yeah, yeah. All right. Good to know it's not just me. But it just felt really weird because I'm like, that's your sister. Um, And, like, Devin calls me girl, but... But because but, he knows that it's going to aggravate you, no, doesn't No, well, not it? even that. It's just, oh, okay. like, it's it's different. Like He's not doing it when he's demanding you to get in the car yeah, away from another yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, you know... He calls me girl, but it's not ever in... It, there's tone, right? And I'm going to talk about tone later on. There's tone there. He just never... It's never a malicious, like, girl. And I'm not even offended, really, by the term girl. Because I'm a girl, guys! Spoilers! It's also like, it's also like, like if I if you said something weird and the thing out of my mouth was, Lady, what are you saying? Yeah, like, that, like that does not... It doesn't offend me, because... Yeah, I call people boy and, like, dude and, like, guy all the time. It's just, it, it, it they're just words, right? It's when tone is context, attached. Yes, context and tone matter, everybody. <laughs> exactly. So, um, it's, it's just, like, so he says it, and I'm just, like, that is your sister, first of all. Second of all. Why did you just say that? Why wouldn't you say her? Like you're I understand and I and Devin did bring up a good thing and and I get this but I was like it just felt like she was his his prisoner which in in a lot in in some ways or hostile like or hostile or whatever in a lot of ways she is like cuz she is trying to get away from them and she is you know they've had a spat 
they're like in a fight with each other because of Jason Satham quote unquote like like turning his back on MI6. So they have like a sibling legit sibling rivalry and like sibling hatred towards each other. But at the end of the day, your sibling is still your sibling. You're hopefully you're still going to treat them with a literal respect. Especially when later on, spoilers for Hobbs and Shaw, like total spoilers. Especially when later on, it's shown that they do still care about each other, even though they're upset with each other. Like, it, they, they, they still love each other as siblings, and there's a really beautiful sibling relation, like sibling moment between the two of them. And like you, sh- it shows like, okay, yeah, I'm, I believe that you two are brother and sister. And I'm cool with that. But why, if you care about your sister, why would you be like, not you, just the girl? Like, even an ass, like, I don't know. He's not an asshole enough to do that. Even though he is the bad guy from all of the other Fast and Furious movies, which I'm sure, like, Devin's whole problem is that they change his entire backstory. Right, like, my my like, understanding was that, like, he shows up as the foil to The Rock for a couple of movies, yes. and then I think it's The Fate of the Fear. One of the last two, they were like, but what if you had to work with Jason Statham, Fast yeah. and the Furious family? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, like, they have been trying to redeem him, and I don't know, maybe it's just because I love Jason Statham, but, like, I never think of him as a bad Dude, like, I think of it as a redemption story more than anything. And, like, he's doing things specifically with reason. Like, right. it's very it's... it's very easy to write a character that's like, I did some horrible shit, but I did it for whatever government agency yeah. I was working for. Yeah. <clears throat> like, I so now I want to do, do good stuff while working for this government yeah. agency that made me kill people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just, I don't know. It's it It really hit me in this weird way that I'm like, why would you ever... Like, that just feels like you are treating her like something less than. And, again, yeah, at the moment, maybe he, like, that's probably what it's trying to show is that she is a prisoner, kind of, because at that moment they don't really know if she did it for good intentions or not. But, like, again, at the end of the day... You, you want to trust your siblings, especially when Jason Statham isn't really the one that had the issue in the relationship. She did. She was upset at him for turning his back on MI6, you know? So it just never seemed like he was full of hatred towards her enough to be like... To call her... The lady. The, the girl. Like, the girl. The girl. Sorry. The girl. And it's also the girl with the tone that he used. And it's just, yeah, that felt icky. That felt really creepy and gross. Not creepy, but it just felt, you know, wrong? Disrespectful. Disrespectful. Thank you. Disrespectful, Jason Statham. Yeah. You should be ashamed yeah. of yourself. But it is. It's totally. Think about what you've done. Yeah. It's totally the tone. It's totally the tone and that also goes into saying like i don't know what her freaking name is because she really is just a prop device 
It's the entire last <laughs> half of the movie. Again, spoilers. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you because ah, that's fine. It pisses me off. But I mean, like, here's the thing. If I'm gonna watch Hobbs and Shaw, I'm gonna watch eight Fast and the Furious movies first. Exactly, so exactly. I, I got at least sixteen um, hours before I like, watch that movie. Yeah. <laughs> the whole last part of the movie, the entire like last sequence, is just her hooked up to a machine getting the getting the virus out of her. Like she's not really in the fight until the very, very end when it's out of her. But it takes like a thirty it's a thirty minute extraction um process. So for thirty minutes <laughs> very not specific real time, time. Not a real very time. specific time so that we could then justify her being strapped to a table and not doing things yeah. for a but little it's, while. It's just like there there is a scene where she there I keep saying there is a scene. Um I think there's a moment where she has to defend herself and like that's the most involvement she has where she like grabs a piece of metal and defends herself from getting shot or getting the getting the virus taken from her. Um, which sounds cool. Which is it, it But is not cool. in the middle it of 30 cool. minutes of being strapped to a table. Yeah. She's not even strapped to a table, Zach. She is mobile. She has like a backpack with the thing that is extracting she's the virus. Gonna, she's got a camel pack just jammed right into her back like a matrix tube. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, so she's mobile. So, the movie like, I've written in my I head is way better, by the way. Oh, yeah. I'm All sure. Of everything sure. I've thought of about this movie is way better. I just wish uh, there was more involved. Like, I, I don't know. I, I like, and I get that it is Hobbs and Shaw. Like, I get it's their movie. But. But why even don't, bother introducing make, this character yeah, if you're not your going third, to utilize her? Exactly. Yeah. Don't make your third character someone who I care so much about because I haven't gotten to spend time with her. And she is, like, super badass. She's and she almost, is, she Without her, you don't have a movie. She's like, also <laughs> almost essentially your audience surrogate. Oh, she yeah. is the Naomi Scott in your oh, weird Charlie's Angels starring... Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Jason Statham is that you can bring her in to then bounce off of these two guys that don't want to work together. Yeah. She should be the one dragging them together the whole movie. <laughs> it's just, yeah, I don't know. It was weird. And then from that moment, I'm like, you're going to need a big moment between Jason Statham and her and, and, and Vanessa Kirby to make me like be okay with the fact that they're siblings <laughs> and it happens i will give it all the credit in the world that th this movie and this franchise does really do good stuff with family and like chosen it's like the whole family. thing and it's quarter mile at a time thing. and family the only two things I exactly like, i have said that about like eight different things with this movie the only thing i know about this movie quarter mile at a time and family and also eight other things <laughs> No more. I think you've seen that. No. <laughs> cultural osmosis. Oh, of course. <laughs> cultural osmosis uh, of, of the Fast and Furious franchise. Um, but it, <laughs> that it, one American it, Dad episode <laughs> where they found the, the script. <laughs> oh God. Um, uh, but there is there's there's a really nice brother sister moment between Jason Statham and Vanessa Kirby, and there's a really nice brother brother moment between The Rock and his brother and his family. Um. Right, that all looks so cool in the trailer, and it's just like no one is talking about that scene, which makes me concerned that it doesn't which pay sucks off. Because it's <laughs> no, it's incredible, Zach. Like the entire last half of the movie, the last not even half, like the third act of the movie is incredible. 
because it's all action. It's fast and furious. It's like they're it's action fighting. Moana as Dwayne the Rock Johnson goes back yeah, to pretty much <laughs> like pilots. like it's it's you know they're using they're using like spears and weapons that are like hand weapons, not guns, and like it's so cool. It's so cool. But the rest of the movie happened before it. So, so in short, everybody go watch the short film, 30 minutes of Hobbs and Shaw, which is just the last yeah. 30 minutes of that movie. Yeah. I mean, maybe. We cut in some stuff here... at the beginning with Idris Elba just so that you understand what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think, I think people should go see it because I want more Fast and Furious spinoffs and more Fast and Furious movies. Right, because that's a concern. So, First off, there's more Fast and Furious movies. Like, there's no there's no concern of mine that more Fast and Furious movies are coming, but I'm concerned that they're going to pull, that, that this was their um, solo A Star Wars <laughs> story yeah. moment where they tried to do a spinoff and it doesn't quite work and we don't get another one. Yeah. Like, I want them to keep trying this shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I want more stuff of with course. that dude. That dude that looks like Paul Walker's kid from Tokyo Drift. That's not really, but everybody was like, "Oh, it takes place in 2015. It must be Paul Walker's son." Oh, I God. want that shit. <laughs> Give me more about him or Bow Wow or yeah. something. Yeah. I just want. I don't know. I just. It is. It is. And maybe down the line, if I watch it again, like I said, there <clears> are <throat> really good, fantastic action moments in it, and I will watch those again. More but and more. What this sounds the like. Filler, all the filler is just like, and let's move on, and let's keep going, and we need to get to the serious shit, guys. Like, ah. you know what this sounds like to me? This sounds like the perfect movie that you throw on in the background. Oh yeah. At a party where everybody's getting kind of drunk and everybody's playing like beer pong or something, yeah. and then everybody stops for two minutes to watch something blow up and then goes back. Yeah, exactly. That sounds like the perfect thing for that. Exactly. <sighs> yeah. So. So that happened. Yeah. Then <laughs> I normally we like to like uplift shit <laughs> after stuff like that, but we've we're just been gonna barrel through. Forty six minutes. That's because we did a lot on Hobbs and Shaw. Holy okay. shit! Yeah, it's gonna be a long one, everybody. Buckle in. Um, oh as they say, God. here's a preview. Here's a preview. Dale doesn't know this yet, but there's some shit coming from another podcast I like that I'm just gonna throw in here at the end to lighten the mood a little bit. Because it's going to be a long one. Um, so I, allow me to say a phrase I learned from that podcast just to lighten the mood for like a second. And that's, uh, buckle in, fuckos. <laughs> We're going to just keep moving on for a second here. Beautiful. <laughs> so that happened. Well, the best thing is, is that two seconds after that, someone goes, well, really, it should be fuckle in, buckos. And that's even better. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, so yeah, Hazen Shah, I knew that was going to be a thing. I didn't think we'd go 46 minutes on it, but it is what it either. is. Let's I, thought we, I thought it was 20 minutes. I thought that was fair, 20 minutes. Fair, 40 minutes. We spent six minutes talking about bullshit at the start of this. Uh, whatever it was we said, I already forgot. Me too. Then, I kind of forgot what I've said about Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> so the announcement was made recently that they're going to put out some more comics based on the PlayStation Spider-Man game. Mm-hmm. And they decided to name, they decided to name it the Gamerverse. Okay. And so someone I follow on Twitter, not going to name them, not a whole thing. We don't need to, we're not doing this to throw shade. Dale might be. I'm not. No, <laughs> no, 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 But I need they to say something. They named it the Gamerverse. And he said, 
why gamer? Anything else but gamer first. All right. Not not for because gonna... gamer means something to some of us on the internet. But Dale saw that and had a reaction, and I am interested in responding to that reaction. My first thing is... Nah, huh? Gamerverse is not new. I mean, so that's the first problem, though, is that it's not original. No, <laughs> Gamerverse but... sounds like something somebody, like a blog someone created so they could talk you know... about their games and also the fact that there aren't enough anime girls in games. But do you not know that... I don't know what Gamerverse is. Okay. Whatever you're about to say, I don't know what Gamerverse is. So Gamerverse is quite literally the Marvel game universe. Video am... game universe. I've never heard this phrase, and that's mostly because there haven't been a lot of Marvel video games recently. Okay. After Iron Man and Thor tried to have a video game at the beginning of the MCU and failed. They decided to not make a lot of Marvel games yeah. for a while. And so there this... haven't been a lot of games from Marvel. But there but there have. I mean, I can think in, of the in mobile of the games. Nope, so Telltale there's games. Yeah, okay. So there's been that. There's mobile games which are oh, yeah. very much they don't they don't really use Gamerverse in those mobile games, but if you know what the Gamerverse is, you understand that they're part of it because it's a Marvel video game. I mean, but sure. Where I saw saw this beginning was when Marvel versus Capcom came out. Um, oh, right, I forget about the Marvel years, versus um, Capcom games. So it was the latest one to come out. I was still working at GameStop. Three? Um, I want to say three. It probably was. You could look one, it up. You whatever one sold. If you want. All I know is it sold poorly, and so they but, don't talk about it very much anymore. <laughs> actually, could you look it up real quick as I'm explaining this? Sure. But it's it's Marvel versus Capcom, and it's um, Ultron and Sigma are the two main villains, and they, I think it's Ultron and Sigma. It could be Ultron and um, Infinite. Fate of Two Worlds. Does that sound familiar? Nope. This was like 2017. Marvel, uh, proper sequel to it was released in 2017. So Marvel Capcom Infinite. Yes. Yes. Okay. So if you read it, it's it's Sigma. So I guess and Marvel Ultron. versus Capcom Four, but they just dropped that and just yeah. called it Infinite instead. Okay. Yeah. And this was a game that I was pretty interested in. I never bought it, but I was super interested in because a lot of the characters that were popping up as you know playable fighter characters i was excited for like i'm pretty this sure this was like, the Captain one Marvel actually shows up you sigma and ultron it could be infinite i think it's sigma and ultron like it is i mean i see ultron together. in the background yeah yeah they fuse together and that's who you have like that's who you have to take down with the capcom characters also i love capcom characters yeah so, so this is an interesting like, thing now that you say this not to completely derail things right off the bat but who? it does play into something else that's come up which is the fact that like Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, Avengers, uh, the Avengers Square Enix game coming out, and Marvel versus Capcom are all tied into the Infinity Stones Ultron story yeah. because they're all also tied to the fact that Disney owns Marvel when these games come yeah, out. Exactly. <laughs> Which that's a whole nother thing. But that's a whole other thing. That, but yeah. Like Marvel versus Capcom, that was the first time I can remember seeing the term Gamerverse. And I was like, cool. This tells me exactly what I need to know. It tells me that these are going to be different from the movies, guys, but they're still going to be somewhat connected because it's Marvel. 
Right. Like, it's Marvel gets to somewhat throw in some comic together. stuff, but yeah. also MCU is going to be but influential a little bit. Yeah. But, but that's why most of the costumes are different. Like, if you look at Gamora's costume, it's um original, quote unquote original. I don't know if it's original. I don't know when that costume came out. Um, let me look at it because I bet you it's the same one as Ultimate Alliance, and it's just like it's based on whatever the comic version <laughs> yeah, of Gamora's costume white, is versus. It's a white. A it, suit of armor, pretty much. It, it looks like the um the infinity. It looks like the end game time travel suits, which were based on other comic suits that yeah. like came out later. Yeah. yeah, but it is one of my favorite costumes, like uniforms. That ever. is that, that is it's the costume Gamora is wearing. So at the good. Ultimate Alliance, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. So it's so it, it's one of my favorite designs. Rocket and Groot look very different. Like. Star Lord looks different. Dra- like they aren't they are not your Marvel Cinematic Universe versions of these mm-hmm. of these characters in a video game. They aren't even they're 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 basically comic book versions but different still because they're in their own universe alone that is a video game. So when he said, why use Gamerverse, that's what confused me because I'm like, that's not a new term. That is all over the pop figures that came out for Marvel vs. Capcom. It says it in the bottom. Every single Spider-Man, um, every single Spider-Man pop figure that came out when PS4 Spider-Man came out specifically has Gamerverse on it to tell you that... No, this is not from the movies, you know? And and even there's action figures. The Marvel Legends figures have it plastered on them. So it's not new. Like, that's that's what I didn't understand about that tweet, first I think that, off. I think that might be... Okay, so first off, I, I won't <laughs> lie. I've never heard that word before. Before this announcement came out for the Spider-Man... That's, Spider-Man comics. I have never heard the word game. But that uh, then is again, incredibly weird I've never me. paid attention to any <laughs> mobile uh, Marvel games. And I definitely didn't pay much attention to Capcom, uh, Marvel versus Capcom. Because the big story about Capcom versus Marvel the, is that the last game kind of fell out its face. Mm. And so, like, no one talks about them enough in the, like, gaming. Like, let's put it this way. Uh, EVO, one of the biggest uh, game fight, like, fighting game tournaments is going on this year and last year, and neither of those tournaments has featured Marvel versus Capcom. A thing that was Marvel versus Capcom 3, I thought it was 2, but I guess it's 3 and now 4, but whatever the last Marvel versus Capcom was, was a staple of this tournament for years, and then the newest one came out, and it got dropped off because it was not good. Mm-hmm. So, like, so like yeah. I think it's just the fact that for the last like few years, no one has talked about Marvel video games very much. Mm-hmm. So I had See, no idea yeah, that's, that that was like the term that they were using for that. And that's I mean, all and, I've seen. Like that's yeah. I've definitely seen that. Plus, also, you don't pay attention as much as I do to collectible things. That's like, also true. Like, that is I, very true. I yes. am definitely more tapped into the pop figure world, the Marvel Marvel Legends world. I don't love that I am, <laughs> but I am um, because I'm a sucker when it comes to that kind of shit. But it it really like surprises me that you you've never even heard it. No, before. because here's the other thing. And like it Dale. surprises me that that guy 
hasn't heard of it before. Especially because he's some Magic the Gathering person as well. But the I other mean, he thing... might have. He might have, and he here's still thing. could have an issue with it, which is fine. I mean, that's but... also true. But no, here's the other thing, um, and I'm going to tell you this right now. I don't know if you know this, but pop figures are, in specific circles, not very popular. Funko oh, Pop no, is considered like the absolute worst of the worst of capitalism in a lot of things. Oh, of course. And it so is. there's a lot of people that might not know that term because they specifically go out of their way to ignore things like Funko Pop. Yeah. And so like if that's the if that's the term that's being thrown around in collectible circles, there's a lot of people who are like, I don't want to get into collectibles because they're the worst. And so they've just again never heard the term before. Yeah. And it, There's it, a good chance that this is legitimately the first time either of us had heard that term. Yeah, and it, it could, it actually could have stemmed from marketing too. Like it could have just been like, hey, we need a, we need a, we need to separate ourselves from our ever-growing MCU. No, no, I understand like, exactly where it came so from. So I get, I, I, but I get where you're coming from too. Like I understand that people don't like pop figures, and I, and I understand <laughs> that. But it's just it. It struck me as so weird to see that because of how tapped in, not even tapped in, I wouldn't even say I'm super tapped into it, but it's like how much I see Gamerverse. And this is this is one things. of those weird things where we start to realize that despite the fact that over a year and a half now, Dale and I have gotten very close, we uh, from never meeting to living in the same state and still not recording in the same room because that would be awkward. Uh, <laughs> we have very different, I think this works. I mean, I think it's part of our dynamic. We have very different interests in certain things uh, to the point where, like, I'm going to talk about in about, two, in about 20 minutes the fact that I went back to playing more Breath of the Wild because I needed some comfort food. Uh, <laughs> and Dale, Dale, I don't think, has ever seen more than the first 20 minutes of that game. Um, Unless someone else has played it, no. <laughs> um, like, here, like... Uh, we live we we have these different spheres twitter is weird twitter is weird because twitter much like tumblr and other um parts of the internet where you are able to curate what you see mm-hmm. um like i've talked about the fact that like people complain about tumblr in a way that i don't understand because i have never seen whatever it is people are complaining about on tumblr mm-hmm. Um, there's like jokes about the like Tumblr SJW people who will talk about like spend paragraphs talking about how so and so misgendered this character and they're ruining things for this and that. It's like I've never fucking seen any of that. Yeah, I see. I and I don't use Tumblr anymore, but when I was, like, I saw dumb gifts and artwork from people because I understood that I just didn't want to see the shit that people are complaining about. Yeah. And Twitter is the what same my way. Like yeah. Twitter is Twitter is curated. If I really wanted to, I could see uh, a possum every hour, literally an account I follow mm-hmm. because it gives me a break from shit. And I've never seen a, a possum and not freaked out in real life. It's good to see a possum every hour. That's kind of funny. I could see cats. Mm-hmm. I could see cats in cosplay. Same. I could see literally three different distinct cat accounts that are just pictures of singular cats mm-hmm. oh, and i'm emer- talking I'm gonna, about I'm gonna plug multiple emergency accounts cats. that i kittens. follow one of them is emergency kittens. uh can i just pause the stream right not it's not even the stream can i just pause for a second you started about talking about cats my cat just ran down the, the cellar stairs <laughs> it was like talk about me i hear them <laughs> i know what's going on ruby um, ruby's tapped ruby's tapped into the so into so the like bolts. So so we live in, in, world, in worlds where we get to completely curate the things that we follow and the people that we end up following or even following 
tangentially following and then tangentially following after that are all part of like inner circles that other people are just not part of. The guy that I replied to that started this whole conversation, I started following him on the other Twitter account I was running for the fucking blog I don't write anymore that I was doing at the beginning of this account. So like when I shut that down, I went back on my old, on my original account, followed him. And then at some point he followed me back. I don't know why I don't say anything important on Twitter, but he still followed me back. So like, like this is someone literally, I know nothing about beyond video games and magic, the gathering mm-hmm. from Twitter, but I follow him and we, we've replied back and forth about shit. It's like a whole thing. So like, you you end up creating these weird bubbles on Twitter of just like games people mm-hmm. or collectibles people or I mean there's like a book Twitter of people who just like follow like authors and book clubs and shit I've never been a part of but I've got like one or two people that talk about it sometimes and there's like film Twitter of all the different film blogs and and websites and stuff where they all kind of connect that's I follow some critics from there and you've seen that one before like. It's like high school again, where like I was never part of a singular crowd, but like I dip into one or the other once in a yeah, while. Same. And so same like here. that all yeah. comes in. And so like that tweet comes out and like I've never heard the word gamer verse before. And the two of us on the just like game Twitter level of access look at that and be like, fucking gamer. Why? Why would we ever want the word gamer connected to fucking anything good? Like Spider Man, even even so, a game that you and I love. I don't think I've ever talked to you about the fact that there's like an entire part of games and socialist Twitter that looks at Spider-Man PS4 and is like, why is Spidey good with the cops? <laughs> and Spidey's just a cop in this game. Mm, Cause I know that that's not a conversation we need to have. Yeah. I don't think it's not going to change anything. The game is still fine the way it is. It like, it has nothing to do with the way that I think about like cops in the real world. But yeah, it's kind of funny that half of that game is spent setting up a surveillance system for the NYPD of all people. Yeah. But like, Again, a conversation we've never had because we don't have to have that conversation. I've had that conversation with this specific dude that I replied to. <laughs> so, like, we look at the word, like, the word gamer actually has a connotation for us that it doesn't have for other people. It do- Like, that's where I was going to go into after that. Yes. Is that I, I don't see i here's the thing i know that there are negative connotations about gamer and gamers in general like i i i'm not blind to the world the next i have an actual specific question about that though do you have do you know that there's specific negative connotations to the word gamer because of things like oh people are bullied for playing video games or because of things like gamergate and the people who are gamers are also misogynistic, racist assholes. Well, I mean, I know both. Okay. And it's, See, well, and it's mean, more, I... I mean, here's the thing. You have brought in the side of Gamergate. The, second, the second the, half of that. The, the second yeah. half of that. I grew up, grew up, quote unquote. Like, I learned the connotations through people get bullied for games. or But, but I never even saw that. Like, mm. I, like. I've never been in that realm where, like, I get made fun. I mean, I get made right. fun of by older people who right. and here's the don't th- play and, video games, and, and, I think and I'm that's fine the- with it. Like, I don't care. You don't, I, you don't get it. Like, I, I'm not going to fault someone who is of an older generation giving me crap 
for playing video games. I really right. am not because and what's really interesting I'm sure I can about give them crap about stuff. All right, <laughs> like, and what's really interesting about that is that one of those feeds into the other in a way that has created a bad cycle of shit. Yeah. Well, so uh, <laughs> so and maybe this will work, but the the thing with me and gamer is that the way I view that term is on a like literal level um in that I am a person who plays video games, therefore I am a gamer. Mm-hmm. But I don't use the term gamer to describe myself because I just don't. Like it's and it, but it's not because I don't want to. It's just that I I play video games. Anybody who knows me knows that I play video games. Um but I have been called a gamer by like my like my my boss will talk to us about video games and he's like, "Yeah, and he'll call us gamers and I'm fine with it. Like, cause that's what we are. Like, this is, we this are is where we get into the like context, yeah, uh, context exactly. and, and intention and also, means something. Yeah. He has, there's no malicious intent when my boss calls us gamers. There really isn't. Right. And, um, but so, and, or even just like, you know, if a grandparent or something like someone, you know, who, didn't they you know don't play the new games now and don't aren't in that gamer world i'm not gonna get offended like i'm I'm just not i'm i'm not a very easily offendable person anyways but where it crosses the line is for me and it, it and it's gonna be different but for me is the term gamer girl and that but again, but again, that had specific connotations to it and specific intent to it yes, when someone exactly. says that phrase. Yes, but I have definitely seen more negative stuff about gamer girls and all of that. But it's also I feel like the term gamer didn't start with malicious intent. I think no. it started as a way to be like this group of people are gamers. This group of people are bikers. This group of people are runners. Like, it's just, it's literally what this group of people are. Dale, I love, I love the pureness of that intention. I do. (laughs) And you're not wrong. You're not wrong. And in fact, like, there's been a situation, there have been situations where I have described myself as a gamer. I'm pretty sure I've done it on this podcast. But I would never, here's the, okay, let's see how I want to start. I understand that there are certain times that it can be misconstrued as um, bad or anything like that. But what I, the only other thing I was going to say is that the reason why I think Gamer Girl hits me more, and again, it doesn't even hit me that more because I don't refer to myself as a Gamer Girl. I don't think anyone <laughs> would ever refer to me most, as a Gamer Girl. Most people don't refer to themselves as Gamer Girls. Some people are reclaiming it now, exactly. but that's because it started as a negative thing. That's what I was going to say. Is that yeah. it? That term specifically started as a malicious intent to fucking separate females in the in the video game world. And that I'm not about because yeah. it's it was all about separation, which go fuck yourself. Second of all, and 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 second of all, it was a way to oversexualize females who play video games and freaking just put put females on another on a on just a pedestal to be gawked at like and you know yeah that's shit that's bullshit it happened it was built from malicious intent so of course that one has the evil the the negative connotation and yeah people have been reclaiming it which 
all the more top power to you. But for me, and and I would love to hear, I want to know and understand, but for me, gamer has never been that. So, cool. You know, the floor is yours. So, Hi, first Ruby. off, again, I have referred to myself as a gamer before. I will probably do it again. The the biggest difference I can think of, and I don't know how to say this in like verbally, where, as opposed to writing it out. I never refer to myself as a gamer with a capital G. Which is the way that it's like referred to online when we tweet about it. Mm. So, I know that I've told you the very quick and dirty version of Gamergate. I'm going to try and do it even fucking faster <laughs> on this podcast. But this is where a lot of it comes from. Because, yes, you're right. A lot of people describe themselves as gamers and still do in all of this stuff uh, without any negative commentation. It was just, this is the thing I do. It's my main hobby. I, video I would, like, literally, my main hobby, my two main hobbies are video games and podcasts. And I, because I actually make a podcast, I get to call myself a, po a gamer podcaster. Except for the fact that I don't make a podcast about video games except for the 51 percent of the time that i talk about video games on this show so like even that's a weird connotation for me but like yes i game a lot i am a person who plays video games i love games for a lot of reasons mm -hmm. but the reason that i specifically like shy away from calling myself a gamer is because of gamergate and the very quick and dirty version of that story is that a uh, woman uh, woman named Zoe Quinn made a game called Depression Quest. And she broke up with a guy out of an abusive relationship where they had been like off and on. She has a, a book called Crash Override, which is very good and everybody should read it, where she kind of describes this relationship. But she had been off and on with this guy who was like emotionally abusive for years and broke up with him, was dating this other guy. And then all of a sudden he went online and posted something on some forum that was like, hey, my girlfriend broke up with me and she was really only, and she cheated on me the whole time we were here, we were together and she slept with some dude just to get good reviews for this game that she's putting out called Depression Quest. Uh, the first major fact to know about that is that that review doesn't exist. Whoever it was that she was sleeping with on this on again, off again relationship with this dude that was supposedly the person she was sleeping with for this review never wrote a review for this game. <laughs> So let's start there. So then a bunch of forums and a bunch of online shit happens where a bunch of people uh, start harassing her and like doxing her and doing like really depraved death threat shit to her. Uh, that, that all builds up around this guy saying this and it kind of goes largely ignored by the gaming press. Then it, someone decides to finally fucking pick it up and talks about it. I, I might get some of these details wrong I apologize because this all happened literally like right before I got into video games even. Uh, so I, like it's me just getting into video games and it's Dale like six years later. So because <laughs> sometimes I forget that we are six years apart. Um, so like it, what happens somewhere in there, gaming press finally decides to start talking about this. And suddenly the people who are being abusive and toxic toward women and people of color in games uh, start saying that these are not true gamers. We are the real gamers. And also the games pressed is against us as gamers because they're all sleeping around for shit and they're taking kickbacks and doing all of this stuff. And suddenly the narrative becomes that all of gaming's press is completely unethical and they're only giving good reviews to people who pay them off and bad reviews to people who don't and all of this other okay, shit. Okay, so wait, so... So, so hold on. So, so, so like who, basically who in that scenario is saying 
these people aren't real gamers? Like, like the people who are like on on these forums who are all kind of gathered around this dude who said this girl um, slept with cheated on me and slept with this dude so for the, a good. So you know. the people who support that guy, right, are not real gamers. No, no, no. Those are the people who are saying we're the real gamers and women are not. Women don't gotcha. game. Okay. People of color don't play video gotcha. games. Women don't play video games. It's only us gotcha. white males who play video games. Yeah. And every time a video game comes out that does not have a male protagonist, a white male protagonist, is another game that has been corrupted by the SJW bullshit. <laughs> and they're only pandering to women and people of color instead. And they're trying to kick white men out of video games. The whole thing fucking snowballs. Mm. And so. The problem is, at some point, that becomes a little obvious. Mm -hmm. Like, no shit. Like, like, oh, clearly, you're just kind of misogynistic assholes. <laughs> um, and so, what happens is a new wave of people start caring about this story because games journalists finally start saying, hey, this weird kind of misogynistic shit is happening on forums and all of this. And the forums turn around and say, well, you're being... You're also sleeping with these women or being paid off by so-and-so company or whatever. But it starts to become this weird thing where it's kind of obvious where the shitheads are coming from. And so, um, not to get like, I mean, this does get hyper-political only because like we learned much later that people who did this were then involved in all of the shit, a lot of shit around like, Trump and Republican shit later, but a bunch of people came in and went, you can't let them know that you're a misogynistic asshole. That's never going to get people on your side. What you do is you start telling people that it's about ethics and journalism, that what's really happening is we're going after unethical journalists for unethical practices. And so suddenly it becomes gamers, quote unquote, gamers with a capital G, the people who are the true gamers, the white males, against everyone else who's just against gamers as an identity and suddenly you start hearing about how gamers are being oppressed and gamers are being kicked out of their hobbies by these horrible women and people coming in and telling them that their hobby is bad and games are bad and all this other stuff when what's really happening is women who have been making games forever were like you should probably respect women and they were like we don't want to do that so <laughs> So it becomes this whole weird thing. And then this like second wave in Gamergate happens, which is people who have never heard of the earlier shit start hearing on forums and stuff about how unethical journalists are trying to ruin your video games. And then suddenly you have this whole group of people who are like, I play video games. I like video games. Why are unethical? Why are journalists being unethical? That's weird. I don't want that. That seems like bad. We shouldn't let that happen. And so suddenly you have a group of people who have no idea where Gamergate started mm -hmm. being told, you should join Gamergate. You should join this group of people because what we're really doing is we're defending video games as an art form and we're defending video games as a, as a group. You know, gamers have been oppressed for so long. Don't you remember when you were bullied for being a gamer? And here's the short answer. A lot of people were not bullied for being a video game player. Yeah. Arcades were huge. Yeah. Video games were huge. It was like a big thing to own a PlayStation and a Super Nintendo and a Sega Genesis yeah. and all of this. I mean, even, but, even like I remember being in middle school and like you were cool if you talked about video games. Right. Like that, 
that was kind of what unified a lot of us. And and, and what <laughs> kind of happens is that you get people who were bullied for other reasons, mm. but were convinced that the reason they were bullied was because of the video games. Mm. Or like you get people and again, not to get super hyper political, but you get these people who shoot up fucking schools who are telling people that it's because they were bullied, but really it's not that you were bullied, it's that you were kind of misogynistic white supremacist asshole and people just didn't want to be around you, but you convinced yourself that you're a good person and other people were bullying you. And so like they get this whole kind of group of people together and suddenly it becomes again that there's like there's gamers with a capital G who are like the people who really like games. These are the people who really understand and love video games and we don't play that shit where women are involved and we, we like Lara Croft, but Lara Croft is hot. God forbid they ever create another Lara Croft that's got smaller cup sizes or like, Oh, I really like overwatch, but God forbid they ever create a comic that tells you that tracer is in a lesbian relationship because tracer will never sleep with me. If she's in a lesbian relationship, like it becomes this whole horrible, terrible thing. And so and it, it, it becomes a thing where people are literally creating on their Twitter accounts and on forums and stuff where it's like gamers mean gamers are this and everyone else, despite what they will tell you, are not really gamers. And so when you have the people who have either came up through that abuse or came up seeing all of that shit happening or have come up trying to understand that people like me who like, again, I didn't know any of this when I got in, like when I played fallout three, I didn't know any of this was happening, mm. but fallout three is the game that got me into video games. And then later on, I learned about this, but I tried like, I I've tried to learn it because it's important because I've noticed every time they do things like there was ultimate Alliance came out and someone literally put out a review of ultimate Alliance talking about how it's a good video game because, because the, the women, women are, are voluptuous. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. Right. So like shit like that. <laughs> so like when there are there there are people and I I count myself among this and I try not to be because I understand that there are people who there are both people who still to this day you can try and convince them that Gamergate was not about ethics and journalism as much as that was the fucking tagline and they try to be adamant about how that's not the case because they don't want to admit that they got fucking duped and that's what it is but there are also people who just don't have any of that connotation to it at all but there are people who legitimately and i'm not going to count myself among these people now because this is a very important word about to use there are people who are legitimately triggered by the word gamer and i use triggered in the literal medical sense of that term as in they see that word and it sets off ptsd anxiety attacks which is what that word actually means like so like when someone is like, oh, we're going to call it the game reverse. It's like, and every E3, when someone comes out on stage and is like, we made this all for the gamers. And it's like, no, well, you just, you're saying that because those are the people who make the most fucking noise on your forums. But those people, oh, every time. So, hmm. and so like, so like, I don't, like, I'm not upset that, you have a different connotation to that. I think that's good in a way. Well, like that's probably healthier. Mm. Like, but well, like, I think there's just a point where like, again, me and this guy who tweeted this, I don't think have any connotation for what game reverse is beyond first seeing it. And so we see the words game reverse and we're like, Oh, that's just a dumb name. Mm. That's a dumb name because nothing should be named game or anything. <laughs> it, 
Interesting. All right. So, yeah. I mean, I, I get it. I s- totally see where you're coming from, and I, and I like, it makes sense. I, I get why some people would be upset with it. I mean, I've always understood why people are upset by the term gamer. Um, but you say gamer with a capital G as a part, as opposed to just the term gamer. Gamer, yes. And that's also a very big difference. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. But, but I'm thinking about it, and it's it's one of those things where it's like, as a female who plays video games, I, I, I almost wonder if I was if I was blind to this because of just when I started playing video games or, or maybe it's just like, I always knew that there's been, um, not, uh, I can't think of the word. Jerks, jerks in gaming. Jerks in game. Like I, I like, I wonder if it's, I just never saw it or anything like that because as a, female who plays video games as a as a woman who goes into the video game world i just knew that there were going to be assholes who were going to give me shit for being a a a girl playing video games like i've always known that and i've always i've always like kind of looked out for that but honestly like it it hasn't it's affected me a couple times but it you know I just move past it and like kick the person's ass. <laughs> that's, um, because, that's because you're awesome. But, okay, so yeah, and let me be clear. Like, let me be clear here. When I say that no one's been bullied for playing video games, what I mean is like, no white males have yeah. been play, have been bullied for playing video games. Yes, no. A lot I, of women and, yeah. and and queer folk and people of color have been bullied for playing video games. Exactly. Usually by other people who also play video games who are mad that those people are there. They're there. Yeah, exactly. Like that's like like yeah. that's got but what I mean when I say like like there's not like, like despite what like movies and TV told you this is a whole other thing is that like a lot of the way that that gamer gators built up these followers is by showing them shit from like movies and TV where they were like look at these Look at these bullied gamers. Look at what they did in the 80s where they talked about people playing video games as dorks. And it was like, dude, you realize that like that wasn't happening. That was in the movies. But that wasn't what was happening in real life. Uh, Like you even said it like older generation. People called you gamers. (laughs) And it's not that they were doing it like maliciously. That was just what they did. And I guarantee you when they were younger, maybe they did. Like or or like maybe oh, probably they, they probably didn't do it in school. They but what probably like... happened is twenty years later in the nineties they watched a movie where someone said, "Look at these dorky gamers in the arcade," and they went, "Ah, I remember guys like that," and that's it. <laughs> but then in the two thousands, someone brought these videos to people who were not even born before nineteen ninety five and said, "Hey, look what they think of you. This is what the world really thinks of you. Is they think you're a dork. Come to my side and talk and and." hate on every woman that wants to come in and play video games yeah so that that so for me it's like so i hear that and i'm like okay so these people are clearly just like a cult like they're they're trying (laughs) to pretty much push their cult cultistic cult culture cult ideals on people and they're just trying to get more cult people and all of that right um but again like there there's that I don't know. It's weird. Like there's that there's that line where you like we said that gamer girl is very much being reclaimed right now. Like is there ever a time where we could 
start reclaiming the term gamer? I, I mean, I probably. Thought this was, prob- I thought it was starting. Here's I the thought- short answer. The answer is yes, but the people I follow are still 30-year-old dudes who just like like to shitpost on anybody who uses the word gamer. Yeah. And so, like, we need but to move that, past that. That's, a, that's a, my generation. <laughs> like, right. So, and that's where you get into this weird, like, metatextual Twitter thing I was talking about earlier, which is that, like, we look at stuff. There, there's a there's a, a, a Twitter account I followed called Hot Gamer Takes, mm. which is like in the same vein. I don't know if you've ever followed um, Nuclear Takes, or there's a couple of others that have like spread it out under it, which is just like someone's put something on Twitter that's so fucking dumb we all just have to laugh at it. Yeah. And this one is specifically around video games. And a lot of these are around specifically people who are like super sexist and racist. Mm. So it's like someone um like someone will put out a post like a company will put out a post that's like here look at our look at our uh look at this trainer from the new um uh from the new sword and shield she's black what of the first time that's ever happened and like the reply underneath will be some idiot that's like oh but clearly you're only pandering to the sjw's because her her skin is darker than anybody's in japan no one in japan is that dark like that shit yeah so like, which is wrong. Like I will. Right. Like, yeah, but, that's... but like, there's a there's a there's a there's a specific group of people, <laughs> my age, <laughs> who look at that stuff and are like, we all have to look at this thing and point and laugh. And uh, there's people who are younger than us who are like, what if we just fucking ignored it because that's dumb? And I think you fall into that category. <laughs> I mean, there's there's, I think, there's definitely times I, where I will laugh at people's stupidity, but then right, I just like but, move past it because it's not new. It's not it's not new to me. <laughs> like that's what I grew up with which yeah is so i mean weird that's the other thing is like, that there's a lot of people in and again i'm gonna count myself among this because I'm, i have to constantly check my own stupid privilege on shit like this the, those of us who are pointing that shit and laughing and being like look how woke we are we're all white dudes in our 30s <laughs> i guarantee you most of us dunking on this shit are white dudes in our 30s and then that spreads out to the rest of gaming twitter later because these are like bigger accounts we're all replying to but like i think that there's also a point where it's like we're laughing at this stuff because clearly we would never Mm -hmm. fall into this category Mm of of idiot we do sometimes sometimes we do and we should be called out on that and we should apologize for it. But like, I, I, and so I think it's, like I said earlier, I think it's healthier, your approach to it, but I think we're laughing at it because like, we don't want to admit that that could very easily be us or has been us Mm. before. And so like, at some point we're going to fucking just age out of it. We're all going to give up on Twitter because we're mad all the time. And then Twitter will be a happier place. So I mean, waiting for that. Yeah. But it's um, also, um, I mean, there is a reason why, like, this this morning when we were talking and you were like, well, he continued to say this. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I, I read the tweets. I just didn't reply because I knew, first of all, if I replied, it would have been uh, like I a conversation it, you it, didn't want to get into. It would have been, okay. con- it would have been a conversation that I did not want to get into because honestly, this guy, I don't know this guy. Like uh, you and I can have this conversation, no I mean, problem. I've already admitted, I like, barely know this guy, but I think I know him enough, at least on his Twitter presence, exactly, to understand exactly. his Twitter presence. So right? the way yeah. I'm approaching that, which again, 
prior knowledge of just the world, not so much at me, but at in the world. And I know that this happens to people. And I just, I just avoid it because if I am in the situation, I, I'm, I'm probably not going to be quiet. Like I'm probably going to, like, I, I very hold myself to like, if you fuck with me, I'm going to fuck, I'm going to, I'm going to mess you up kind of thing. So, <laughs> there was like, a day where I got retweeted by someone on film Twitter that I follow and love. And I used to love a podcast of his that I'm so mad fell apart. I've talked about the eighties all over podcast on this show before. And he was one of the hosts of that where I responded to him and he, and he like quote tweeted me on something and you messaged me and we're like, what's the deal with this dude? Cause yeah. I might have to go to bat for you. And I was like, no, 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 no yeah. hold on. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no. This is just how Twitter happens. Don't worry about it. It's not a thing. It's not a thing. <laughs> um, but there, but there is, and again, I understand that there are times where I talk a big game where in actuality, <laughs> I will just be like, I'm going to go to the corner. But again, but like if I, I can get passionate about something and I will let you know, I will let you fucking know that where I stand. But, and I was afraid of that happening in this situation because first of all i didn't want it to become a you're a girl situation which i, I don't think it would have but but again, i understand where you can't no i, I don't know this understand person. right exactly and i understand exactly why um, you would think that yeah so like like the second that you said that like i i ran through that scenario the set when i was like oh i'm so f- Uh, I'm like having anxiety attacks about this conversation later today is because I wasn't sure where you were going to bring it and I was going to have to explain. It was like, no, 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 you don't understand. He wasn't coming at you for this. He was going to, he was talking about this and it was like a whole other thing. And so like I, I, I do. And I try to keep that like in my head when I say dumb shit on the internet sometimes, but I also forget sometimes that like, like I forget how Twitter works sometimes. So like, I reply to a thing like he said that and my reply was everything's a verse and every political thing's a gate and I got nothing fucking funny to follow that up because yeah. that was the joke I was making. Yeah. But I didn't think about the fact that you would see that reply and then the thing I replied to and you might have an opinion on the thing I replied to no. and not the joke I was making. No, 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 no. I, I, I mean, I just saw the conversation and was like, okay, so I just want to know more. Like, I just want to know yeah. more about what these guys, what, what these two are talking about. I was not. Here's the thing. Bottom line was not offended by anything in that conversation because my immediate thought process is, oh, shit, I offended somebody like that's just how my brain. works. Yeah, exactly. Which I get. That's fine. It's just again, like I don't I try not to get offended. I try to understand and then get offended. (laughs) Um, I like to get offended on a fully informed. Yeah. But like, (laughs) yeah, like again, and when I get offended, it's really weird for me, and I don't understand, like, to bring back Hobbs and Shaw, it felt really weird that there was a part of me that got offended by Shaw saying the girl to his sister in, like, a negative tone. And maybe it is because, like, I have a brother who, like, calls me girl and the girl, but it's never in a negative way and it it's like okay so like you're bringing something into this movie and turning it bad but like that's that's something okay in my in my life like it's something which, that which I'm is cool right with. and and you've like, talked about this before we talked about this with uh the fucking christmas movie with um kurt russell oh the christmas chronicles 
Thank you, Tessa. Like, where you I'm, were, like, I'm upset. calling out Tessa because thank you, Tessa, for reminding me about that movie. Where, like, you were <laughs> upset by the, the brother-sister dynamic and that because yeah. you and Devin just don't have that. Which, I was thinking about it today because I was thinking about the fact that, like, CJ and I are two years apart and have never been, like, I mean, close enough. And, like, I, I love him to death and i love him for bringing this show into my life because mm -hmm. this show wouldn't exist without his show and all this other exactly. stuff and, but like i like i did the math today and i was thinking about the fact that we are like five or six years apart and i was like oh shit i'm like uh, three yeah. years younger than devin how are you eight years younger than devin yeah. and like still you guys have this like amazing chemistry <laughs> and relationship together and I was like, so I'm not surprised when you talk about the stuff that bothered you and Hobbs and Shaw. It's like, oh, yeah, no, that sounds right. That sounds like that sounds exactly like the stuff that would bother Dale. <laughs> like... Yeah, it's just it, it really like there are those moments where I'll be like, no, you're you're turning something that is happy and like good in my literally in my life and then making it evil. And I don't appreciate that. Oh, man. Um, and, and, but, but yeah, it is, it is those things where like, I didn't want to reply to that conversation because I didn't, I honestly didn't know where it was going to go to. I know that you and I can have a discussion because you and I are like, this is what we do. Like we're, we're right. And even like, that, like, like <laughs> even then I spent all day concerned that you were about to be offended by something. No. And even though you said I'm not offended, but that's, I mean, that's a me thing. That's yeah. a, my anxiety yeah. thing. But like, I also understood that I could come into this episode and we could dick around about Hobbs and Shaw for a little bit and then get into this and have this conversation. And I'd probably be fine afterwards. Yeah. Cause that's usually how my life goes with most of the things I work up in my brain. But I was like, I, there, there was no part of me today. As much as I oh, freaked well, out sorry. about it, no, no, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. No, it's got nothing. No, no, no. It's, it's again. This has nothing to do with you. This is entirely me and like my anxiety problems. But there was also not a part of me today that didn't like. I, I never like messaged you. Was like, I don't think I can do this episode tonight. Like, it's not like I ever stopped this episode from happening. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> I knew this was coming, but I also knew that like. Like, what I did was I sat down and was like, I need to come up with something dumb to do at the end of this episode because we're going to talk about this thing and it's going to be annoying <laughs> to get through it. But yeah, but no. that's the dynamic we have created, which is like, you know what? It's good for me to talk about this. We should talk about this thing because legitimately I was like way too interested to know what your point was to not let it happen. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I mean, basically the summary of my point is that gamer – Gamer was never not a weird word for me, you know. No, and it, and like, it really comes. I, I know that I knew that gamer had a negative connotations to them, but at the same time, I'm like, yeah, but I'm not gonna let that stop me. I'm I'm not gonna let the term gamer deter me from doing something that I love and like talking about something that I love because honestly, like, that's not that like that's a hard life to live right like it's no I, and ultimately like there's a there's a thing and and we have been dealing with this especially because of the internet mm. we have been dealing with this for a few years now and we're working our way through it i think uh to put this in terms that you're gonna absolutely hate i think that um uh gen xers got got introduced oh. to it and suck at it i think that millennials got a little bit better at it but definitely worked through some shit and i think the gen zers are definitely figuring it out and i can say that about a lot of things mm. 
um, I, 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 I have come to terms with these, these, uh, terms of like Gen X and millennial and Gen Z and all this shit over the years, because like, I, I, I've started to understand more and more where they come from. I am fine calling myself a millennial because I understand what that means. Mm. Uh, I know you absolutely hate it. I'm going to keep calling you a Gen Zer because you hate it, but, <laughs> but not, I think it's, it's just, it's a weird term. I think it creates, I mean, there's a, there is a specific way that you look at the world that is different from the way I look at the world. And it's different from the way that Sejin and Devin look at the world. Mm. And they're only a few years older than me. Um, And I know that Sejin has gotten more and more comfortable with the term millennial, but I think they are the, uh, what they're calling now elder millennials, which is kind of mixed into Gen X. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing that we're all trying to figure out. The thing with me, sorry, go ahead. No, it's just that, uh, it's just that like, I think that uh, my generation specifically, because I also came up in the days of uh, Reddit where our atheism was huge. Um, it still is. I think it's still on the front page of Reddit, which I don't fucking understand, but that's probably because Reddit's a trash fire. Um, <laughs> but like I grew up in the days where people found it prideful to go on the Internet and tell people that if they had faith in something, they were idiots. Mm. And I... I'm going to admit something right now fell into that for a while. I don't think I ever told someone they were an idiot for having faith in something, but there was definitely a time where like I hit 18 and my parents were like, you're confirmed now you can leave the church if you want. And I was like, fuck this. And I left. (laughs) And then I definitely looked at people who had faith and stuff. And I went, how do you not understand the way the universe works? That, that doesn't make sense. How dare you have faith in something? And like, in the last few years, as I've tried to be more open-minded about a lot of things, I have looked at people who are religious in many ways, and I was like, you know what? You're not literally, like, I understand you as a person are using this, like, moral code to be a good person. I don't need to tell you. There's not nothing is gained ever from looking at a person who has faith and goes to church on Sundays and looking them in the face and being like, you're an idiot. What does that do except hurt that person? I don't give a shit about doing that. You shouldn't hurt people for that shit. And so like, but I think that there's like a part of the millennial generation that needs to work through that. And I think the younger generation, Gen Z or whatever we call it, Zoomers is also a thing I heard, which is just fucking awful. Um, who like are completely understand like where who who look at the world and they're just like i just like you know what the world is gonna fucking explode in 10 years i had a kid at work i had a kid at work i literally i'm at i'm at i'm I'm at the theater the other day (laughs) he was saying this is a joke and it still hit me hard i have a kid so we have these dumb little like free cups that we give away for people who want water that are not like anywhere near as big as like a decent cup of water in any sense of the word and a lot of the kids you know i work with a lot of teenagers um the 30 year old man said and didn't think about that further i work with a lot of teenagers and a couple of them come over to the bar like there's two or three of them that i will see four and five times a shift because they come over and they grab one of those cups and they get themselves water quote unquote water they're actually filling their cup up with coke from the soda cup from the bar <laughs> i don't give a shit i really don't care but <laughs> but they'll do it and they'll use like four or five of those cups instead of reusing the same one and i'm said something to him the other day i was like dude just reuse the same cup he's like i 
I try to, but I forget and I throw it away sometimes. And then he legitimately said the words to me, but the world's going to fucking burn in 12 years oh and God. I don't care. Oh my God. I'm just like, who does, why does it matter? I'm a Gen Z kid. Oh my God. I don't know. I just. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, okay. You know what? I can't argue with that logic. I don't have to tell you that's not going to happen because I don't know if it won't. Yeah. That's weird. I don't know. So, like, the thing with so, me and like the uh, whole millennial thing is that I hate when it's when it I hate when it's negative. Like I I don't know. Boom. I just hate when it's like, "Oh, you I mean, it's it's kind of like the whole gamer thing, right? It's that millennial has become this like evil word, and I'm like, "All right. First of all, why do we have to separate each other again? <laughs> like, why do we have to have these labels of, of separation? And, like, can't we all just live together in, like, this world that we all need to share in order to survive? Like, why why do we need division, guys? God, you're such a Gen Zer. I you're such a Zoomer, Dale. <laughs> such a Zoomer. Shut up. <laughs> no, I just, I don't know. I... I've never like thought oh, of that I mean, stuff. And, and I've that's... never thought of generational gaps between people. And like it's starting to become a thing and I feel like I can't catch up because I'm like I don't care enough to like read the history. I don't care enough to like follow the people who are talking about this stuff and it's just like I live my life the way I live my life. Does it? <laughs> Like, I'm gonna I... let that. I'm gonna let that sit where it is, because you're right. And you. here's the deal: we. Uh, I mean, I'm not gonna end this podcast. It sounds like I'm about to. We've been going for an hour and forty five minutes, but we need a decompressor. I could not tell because you. not because there's any animosity between us. I no. mean, we're good. We're, but we're totally good. I don't like. I mean, we started this with the Hobbs and Shaw thing, and that went 45 minutes, and then like this whole gamer thing spiraled. But we needed like I just needed to get through. The, I didn't even get to the stuff that has actually been upsetting me about gamer stuff. But I don't want to fucking do it because it's just too <laughs> exhausting. So here's what we're gonna do right now, Dale. I have brought a thing. Oh. To the table. Oh, okay. That I did not tell you about. Yeah. Uh, though you a couple of weeks it. ago, a couple of weeks ago, right, right. I, I did mention a little bit with my fuckle up buckos thing, but also on Twitter a little while ago, I talked about um, I had I included another podcast in a tweet I did because um, we were going to talk about riddles. Yes. <laughs> we're going to talk about riddles. Yes. Um, there's a podcast I listen to. It's called Hey Riddle Riddle. It's fucking great. And people should listen to it. It's three. I think I've talked about it on here before, but just to reiterate very quickly, it's three improvisers uh, from Chicago um, who do riddles like every week. They, they come together. They also do a Patreon thing, which I, I subscribe to, I guess, full disclosure. We're not journalists. I don't give a shit. But still, full <laughs> disclosure, I pay for their Patreon, too, because it's great. Um, this last, um, what did they do this last week? I can't even remember. Uh, their, their first week they did like, let's do trivia about our home States. And then one week they were like, we're going to just pretend like this is a relationship podcast, but we're going to make up characters to do it. Their Patreon's great. But, uh, the, the basic setup of the, of the actual show is that they, uh, bring riddles that they found on the internet. And they try to answer them, and sometimes they do like improvise scenes based on the ridiculous fucking thing that is brought up by the th oh. by the premise that is brought up by the riddle. God. It's great, 
it's it's a thing that's like if you ever think about like my only experience with improv is on TV shows where they are talking about how going to an improv show for your friend is like the worst fucking thing in the world where you have to sit in the audience and watch them do really badly improvised scenes. Yeah. So like that was my that in like, um, oh, my God, Dale, what's what? the show? What what's show? the sh- what's the show with you carry? Oh, right. Thank Fuck, I completely forgot about that. I don't know why my brain just blanked on that word. Like, Can I blow your mind? You've never watched an episode of Whose Line no, Is It Anyway? No, no, yeah, no, okay. no, 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 no. Oh. I, I love Whose Line Is It Anyway. Oh, okay. But it's not completely improvised. They, well, it's not they just have, that. They have bloopers and they do rehearsals and shit. Right, it's not just but that. I do they love also that show. film, much like Family Feud, they, they also <sighs> film like eight episodes worth of content in a row and oh, then yeah. cut it up into 30 minute chunks. Oh yeah. No, um, I love that show. But yeah. So, so that was like my entire, like whose line is it anyway? And like portrayals of improv on TV were my only idea of improv. And this show was like, but what if it was good? Like in the office, like proved this too. And parks and rec and Judd Apatow and all of his stuff did this too, mm. where it was like, sometimes you can just like improvise a scene and improv can be good. Mm. So, Hey, Riddle Riddle. I have a weird relationship with improv. <laughs> that's fair. I think, literally, I think that's the tagline for all of improv. I have a weird relationship <laughs> with improv. This show is completely improvised when you really come down to I it. I mean, yeah, it's just us. Well, we talked a, 45 minutes about Hobbs and Shaw by accident. So, so, it's these three improvisers. They bring these riddles. It's great. And part of the reason it's great is because riddles, I don't know if you know this, but there's like only a handful of good riddles and the rest are fucking trash. <laughs> and so like they bring these these riddles to the table that are like, I don't know how to tell you this, but it's fucking terrible. Let's just power through it. So I have brought a handful. No. We'll see how long it takes to get to the first one before I decide how many more we do. So but I have, riddles. I have brought you some of the worst riddles they've ever done. Oh. God. Which I guess is this is a non-paid sponsorship for Hey Riddle Riddle. You should follow that. You should follow all of them. Um, <laughs> one of their main, um, so one of their main cast members, like the guy who actually created Hey Riddle Riddle and got the other two to come with them, is uh, Adel Rafai, who is Chunt the Badger on Ma- uh, Hello from the Magic Tavern, which is another improvised podcast. Hello from the Magic Tavern is an entire show based on the concept of this guy gets sucked through a portal at a Burger King in uh, Illinois. <laughs> Wait, what? And it winds up in a magical realm. And so he just hangs out at this tavern where he spit out because he's got just enough Wi-Fi to uh, uh, record a podcast and send it back through the portal. And so he hangs out with Chunt the Badger, who's a shapeshifter who changes shape with every creature he has sex with. And Usador the Blue, the wizard that he hangs out with, who's kind of shitty. And so like, that's also very good. You should watch that. But Adel Rafai, yeah. <laughs> Dale, I'm throwing a lot of concepts at you right now. So I, don't pass. I, don't... I, like, I like riddles. I'm going to get these other two improvisers I like to come with me. Um, their biggest running joke is that Adel is like 40-something and the other two hosts are in their 20s. <laughs> and so they're just constantly making jokes about the fact that he's too old to rec- recognize their references and shit. Mm. Um, so I am going to give you a couple of riddles. <laughs> okay. And I'm, you should know that they're bad. Okay. And they're specifically bad because they don't give you enough information to solve them. Love it. So. I love it. Get ready for some answers, Zach. That's what I'm going to tell you. (laughs) So, first riddle. 
so we could decompress from this weird, dark episode that we just did. Now I'm like on more edge. The best thing is, I think all four of the riddles I chose by accident involve someone dying. So God! about the darkness. A man lies dead at the bottom of a mesa. The only thing next to him is a straw. There are no footprints and no camp set up or whatever. What happened? Literally, that's how that little ends. What happened? So he's lying there dead. He's dead at the bottom of a mesa. Is there an answer? I want, wait. There's an answer. No, there's an an answer. answer. Here's the thing that they learned on on Hey Riddle Riddle, which is great, is that sometimes people write really elaborate things and then decide that the end of that story is a riddle. But what they really mean is, can you guess the short story I wrote? Um... (laughs) So, so my answer... how did this man wind up dead at the bottom of a mesa with no footprints, no camp set up, lying beside a straw? Can you remind me what a mesa is? So a mesa, <laughs> coming from the southwest, I can tell you this. Uh, a mesa is what, <laughs> let's go back to Mission Impossible, it's what he's climbing at the beginning of Mission Impossible 2. It's a giant steep like hill with like a flat top, but like picture that, but there's just nothing around. So like desert and then just like a column out in the world. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so no here... footprints whatsoever. All right. No campsite. Yep. Whatsoever. Yep. What? But a straw. But there's a straw. But there's a straw. All right. On top of the mesa, there was a assassin shootout with pea shooters with that they were using straws, and he sucked and got and choked on his pee and fell off the side of the mesa Sorry, and wait, hold died. On. <laughs> okay, you mean P-E-A. He sucked in the pee from his straw. Yes. Not he somehow urinated into his own mouth. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean like a pee shooter, but like okay. P-E-A. He, so. he, he choked on the pee or, or it was a spitball fight at the top of the mesa and he choked on the spitball or he just had a straw in his mouth because he was a cool guy and a fly <laughs> flew through, fly through, fl- flew through the straw, choked on the fly and died. That's, so, so either way, something entered so, his, his trachea. His trachea? Something entered his esophagus and he choked and fell off the side and died. So no. <laughs> I don't that. believe well, you. No, because... Because there are no footprints, there's also no footprints leading to the mesa itself. So they did not, like, go out to the mesa, climb the mesa, and then he fell off the mesa. I'll tell you that. They he did not fall off the, the mesa. They start on the mesa. They start on top. Yeah, but you got to get to the mesa, Dale. You yeah, don't just start life on the a back. mesa. You're still going to walk up to the back <laughs> of the mesa. You don't just start life on a mesa. There is a Pea shooter shot, shots at each other. Maybe he got helicoptered down. You don't know his <laughs> no, life. I mean, you okay. don't even know Dale, how he died. Dale, Dale, lean into the helicopter premise in that he was dropped down from a thing. <laughs> um, so mean. <laughs> no, <laughs> he dropped down. He oh hmm. Mm-hmm. Was he skydiving? Ah, sort of. With a oh. straw. 
I'm sorry. I forgot a. I forgot a detail. How he's dare naked. you? He's, he's naked during all of this. So man lies naked, dead, bottom of a mesa, next to a straw. He got he got pushed out of a party wagon. You're in the sky. Not far off. Lean into the Fortnite aspect of being of dropping oh, out of something. My God. <laughs> Think about how uh, have you played Fortnite? You played Fortnite. Yes, I played Fortnite. I played Fortnite like twenty starts. minutes of it, and it sucks. Think about how Fortnite starts. You're, yeah, you're on a bus. a bus, but a bus attached to what? Balloons. There you go. Is it fucking the up guy? I mean, kind of. Is it? Oh wait. Oh. <laughs> was yeah. he was he shooting at the balloons? With the he was straw? shooting at the balloons. No. This is specifically tied to a very specific turn of phrase, also. Don't piss in the wind. You might <laughs> die in the desert. Still on urinating. Uh, I'm giving I was you one never more on urinating. You brought that up. That's true. I did. I'm giving you one more minute before we move on to the next one, but I do want well, to give you the answer because you're going to fucking love answer. it. Are you done? You're done yeah. guessing? Okay. So, I love this. I love this. This is why I fucking love riddles, because they're just like, I gave you the end of a short story. The man was in a hot air balloon, and the hot air balloon started to sink, and they didn't want to get stranded in the desert, and so a group of people in this hot air balloon decide, we're just going to throw our clothes over and cut off the weight, and that just wasn't enough, and so they drew straws. And this man drew the short straw, and so he was forced to jump out of the hot air balloon. <laughs> and so he held on to the straw the whole time and died, and he was naked, and the hot air balloon got out of the desert. <laughs> I like my stories better. <laughs> uh, you came up with very good stories, Dale, including no, pea shoots that... on top of the mesa. <laughs> All I could think of was that stupid assassin game where, like, <laughs> you you have a pipette and... You, this is played on ships a lot when you're in kids club, so there's that background. But you have a little pipette, and you have water in the pipette all the time. And then you see people around the ship, and if you get them with their water, they're out! That's all I could think of when you said- A woman was... stands on top of a cliff, Dale. <laughs> you're so done. Yeah, a, a woman, woman... <laughs> woman stands on top of a cliff, got stands it. Stands on top of a cliff. Her husband is with her. Mm-hmm. Then her husband leaves. Mm-hmm. She cries out and then jumps off the cliff. But she lands safely and does not land in the ocean, which the cliff is also beside. I forget that part. A man, a woman stands beside a cliff next to the ocean is what I should have said. Okay. Her, with her husband. Yep. Then her husband leaves. Yep. She jumps off the cliff after crying out in agony. Yep. But lands perfectly safe and dry. What happened? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Dale writes short stories. <laughs> this is our new segment forever. <laughs> Dale just creates shit out of her brain. <laughs> All right. So, clearly. Uh-huh. These two have been having marital spats, right? Sure. So, 
guy, hubby's, hubby's plan is to go up to this beautiful scenic area where he can push his wife over the edge of this cliff. Right? Uh-huh. Of course. Sure. Totally unbeknownst normal. to her. Get it? Unbeknownst uh, under- to her. Understand. As a gamer, I understand <laughs> the instinct. As a g- <laughs> So hubby here, he is done. And he's like, uh-huh. the only way out of this is to kill her. Because then I could collect some life insurance bullshit. So they go up to the top of the cliff and he pushes her over. And he's he's planning to push her over the edge. But he instead slips on a caterpillar. <laughs> specifically a <laughs> caterpillar. I knew you thought I was going to say rock. I love that you're leaning into but, the hyper-specific nature of this story, though. No, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> he trips and falls over the cliff into the water below, cursing the entire time that ca- caterpillar and saying, No, it's supposed to be her, not me! She, <clears throat> wifey dearest over here, she, of course didn't understand what the scenario was and still loved her husband and still wanted to make things work. Cries out in agony and can't imagine, you know, not dying with him, I guess. And she jumps over the edge trying to save him, but instead she happens upon a very nice little ledge on the side of the cliff where she meets a family of bears. And they <laughs> they welcome her into the family. And Blue she understands like, where are you going there, and buddy? She understands the bare necessities and uh, <laughs> realizes that she never needed that that man in her life. All she needed <laughs> And she gets to learn the bear language. She 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 learns how to touch te- te- test porridge and and beds. Wait, hold on. We're not we've moved on from Jungle Book to the three beds. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> and then she lives her life, her best life, as a bear. Oh man. I think I hit it I mean, on the head. I think I hit the nail on the head. You're wrong, but I love it so much. Oh my <laughs> Oh, what if I told you that both people jumped willingly? How does that change your story? Uh yeah, okay. I got this. Okay. <laughs> so it's a suicide pact. <laughs> Dark. Right well, right they're the fucking dead, Zach. So I never said they were dead. I said she landed safely and dry. Oh right. Yeah. All right. So it's not a suicide pact, but she, well, maybe it still could be. It still could be. Just she sucked at it. She just like, sucked what? at it. Yeah. That's why she cries out in agony. Because she's like, no, I promised him. I promised him that we would always live to the end together. And here I am dry with bears. And there he is. That weird moment in Romeo and Juliet where she wakes up and is like, he's dead. I cannot live anymore. And she kills herself. I think maybe or maybe there was a bet going on. 
right? Uh huh. Who, who who's ready to j- j- jump? <laughs> they jump willingly. They got that weird relationship that Stan had in that episode of American Dad where he divorced uh, Fred Seed and found that woman who also shoots things real good. They they go to the the, the fondue place and both stick their hands in the fucking fryer. Oh, my God. All right, so they're both both generally junkies. They just watch Point Break. The new uh, one. The original or the new no, one? The there new one. <laughs> with the extreme with the extreme base jumpers. They, All right. They watch that and they were the like one that's We could on... do that. They watched the point break that's based on Fast and the Furious, <laughs> not the point break that Fast and the Furious was based on. I got you. Yeah. I got <laughs> Yeah, exactly. They're like, We're impressionable, young adults. Let's do it. Let's jump off this cliff as a pact together. And if we don't make it, well, at least we had a rush in the in the process. <laughs> and, <laughs> and their goal was to land on the ledge. So she succeeded, he failed. <laughs> Via Candy. <laughs> she looked up at the sky and fired <laughs> while he ran off in his Nixon mask or whatever the fuck and it was then he was wearing. still became one with the bears. Because there's still bears in that cave. I don't care what you So say. they're hang gliding, Dale. Oh! They're standing on the cliff. He jumps off with his hang glider. Well, she that. That's not is fun. like, oh, I'm scared. I will now scream and also jump after you. And then she lands perfectly safely, dry, and alive. Wait, does he die? I don't know. He's not part of the answer. He's what? just there to jump off the cliff first. This is uh, riddles serve the only purpose is to lie to the audience so you only get part of the answer. Well, I think he <laughs> might go live with bears then. Oh my god. Either Dale, way, this is so ending fuck- with bears. Dale, you're the fucking best. Okay, this is Ben Sayre Report Jr. I can't go on. Oh, this is Ben Sayre Report Jr. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on podcast apps in iTunes. If you search Say Report Jr., that's Say Report Jr. You can find us on YouTube if you search Say Report Jr. You can find us individually on Twitter. I am at Zerwhiskey. And I am at Dale's Brain. And we need ice cream. Yes. And to just move on from this episode, <laughs> the dark universe of Say Report Jr., Maybe the title. I had a different one, but Dark Universe of Sarah Ford Jr. might work. Oh. I will, however, throw it to Liz. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to the Say Report with your hosts, Dale Decker and Zach Sarawick. Please follow the guys on Twitter and Facebook by searching for the Say Report. And you can always subscribe on your podcast channel so this is delivered straight to you and you can enjoy it every week. With apologies to your mother, we'll see you next time.